Hey, wonderfuls. Welcome to episode 545 of the JV Club with my awesome, awesome guest, Mallory O'Meara. This is the second triumphant half of the Reading Classes podcast right here on Max Fun. And it was a pleasure and a joy to have this conversation with Mallory. Uh, my voice is still holding up. Um, I'm still getting over this cold. I really hope none of you got this thing because it is not any of the bad things you can get tested for because I definitely got tested for all of them. But um, I was without a voice for several days. Um, and I still have like the sorest throat in town and uh, just a lot of mucus and a lot of like convulsive coughing. So keep yourselves healthy out there and uh, bear with my slightly cold voice uh, for this episode and for this intro. And hopefully it will be um, back to normal next week. But to be honest with you, I don't know, this might just be my new life. So get used to this new voice. And uh, I'll talk to you next week, everybody. Yeah, I, I really want to thank you for putting up with the, the scratchy voice. We can all agree is like somehow socially acceptable. We've decided that like we yeah. like smoker and drinkers voices. Yes, we don't like smoking anymore, but we do still want that voice. Which exactly. vaping doesn't give you. It's very frustrating for people, I think. Exactly. I know it. I know it. Um, but the, I do feel like there might be just some like deep gasping breaths <laughs> that maybe aren't as adorable as like smoking. Yeah, when I when I when I realize I've been talking too long and suddenly go, <sighs> then that's oh, probably not going to be as fun for people. So I live up in Idlewild and it is dry as a bone up here. So, oh, man, you see me constantly chugging water out of this bucket. Uh, that, uh-huh. That's why. But I might also get dry as well. It's just February is the worst month. It's not uh, it's not an easy one, but I love that you live up in Idlewild. How long have you been up there? And for people who don't know, Idlewild is um, as charming as its name suggests. It's it is very it does not quaint. disappoint. Uh, we've been up here for three, almost three years. We were in. I mean, you remember Los Angeles was quite brutal during the pandemic, and um, yeah. When the second year of it began, me and my boyfriend were like, "Why are we paying so much money to live in a city that we can't enjoy?" So yeah. we grabbed the cats. We've been living up here for about three years and we mostly love it, but we actually are aiming to come back to LA this year. Yeah. Um, I'm very sick of the snow. I'm from New England and I feel like I like put in my time with shoveling. Sure. And I wanted to retire for the rest of my life and now I'm yeah. um, back at it. So uh, I'm ready to, I mean, we it's very snowy out there, very icy, oh, wow. ready to come back where uh, it d- never dips below 50. <laughs> Yeah, where there instead we enjoy mudslides. So I oh, guess you can yes. get maybe get them up there. It's but. really living in twenty twenty four is just picking which natural disaster you're oh, cool with. Yeah. The, yes, it's like ooh yeah. floods, snowstorms, tornadoes, yeah. perhaps. It's just you just pick. Yeah, pick what you feel comfortable with. Pick what's exciting it, to you. Exactly. Pick what's exciting to you. By that standard, I should probably move to tornado country just because that's the scariest and most intriguing form of natural disaster to me you saw helen hunt when you were a kid and you're like that's the life for me (laughs) i gotta chase those storms quick quick where in new england did you grow up 
uh, about an hour north of Boston. I grew up in Haverhill, Massachusetts. It's not where mm-hmm. I went to high school, funnily enough, because uh, my Haverhill High got lost their accreditation. So oh, no. <laughs> it's not a great high school when I was there. So I actually went oh, to a high school no. for a much nicer and richer town, uh, a few towns over. But um, yeah, Haverhill, Haverhill, Mass. If you get me drunk or angry enough, you will know that I'm from <laughs> Massachusetts. Does that? Yeah, I mean, I think the most cliche accent comes up when people talk about like Southie. So oh, yeah, is that is that? But that's not necessarily the sort of across the board Massachusetts accent, is it? Or is it just like that's an extreme version of it? it that's an extreme version of it. Basically, Boston is the epicenter, and the rest of the New England states it just sort of watered down depending on how far away from Boston you are. There's definitely like Maine has its own kind of weird thing going on. Sure, there's some like specific things to each state, but that's really the 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 core of no R's, the flattest word. I mean, I think it, Boston accents actually got voted as the ugliest accent in the country. And uh, I agree. Which isn't it that is. interesting because it is so, because you can really hear where the British influence is. Yes, I mean, it's very, you know, it's you humiliating can, for you us. You hear people, yeah, <laughs> because people still love British accents. But Oof. I guess you drop your R's in in uh, Boston. Suddenly it's like, yeah, yeah I uh, my... Friends who who do the who can really do the accent, and I had to like, I was in the running for a role that was pretty dang Southy, and so oh I, I spent a lot of time with it. I don't know if that I ever got there. I'm sure anyone from Southy would be like, it's very difficult. It is one of the hardest accents to match. Go fuck yourself. Hey, that's pretty um, good. Yeah, it's better than a like, lot of friends that I know that try <laughs> thank it. Thank you, thank you. But the like the can't the like I can't tell you like you really are. You're like oh wow that is as British as it gets and yet it's been yeah. filtered and morphed so much that you wouldn't necessarily smush smushed and crushed to a flat disc totally and uh yeah it, it's funny because I I was so from New England that I didn't even re- like a lot of the stuff that I say I did not realize was a thing until I moved I moved to Brooklyn and then I moved to LA and things that I thought were very normal words are not normal words I'd love a, I'd love a, I'd love a one even just one example if you have one off the top of your head. Like we never call them water fountains; they're bubblers, bubblers. That's right, bubblers. And nobody knew what I, I was like. Where's the water bubbler? Bubblers. And I'd be like, a fountain. Like, what do you look? They could not understand what I was talking about. So just weird stuff like that. A bubbler. Yeah. And again, it, sounds very British. Sounds very British. Another big thing is our bowling. Uh, this has been a big controversy among many of our friends. I had only candle pin bowled because that's what we did in the where I grew up. And if you don't know what candle pin bowling is, the pins are completely straight and the balls are about the size of a very big grapefruit. So right. I thought other bowling was like old vintage bowling, like just... You know, if I, I saw the Big Lebowski and I was like, oh, that's just like weird movie bowling, I guess. And the first right. time I regular bowled, I, when I, uh, I, I can't remember if it was when I moved to California or I was visiting a friend in another state. And I was like, what are these giant bowling balls? What am I supposed yeah. to do? I'm supposed to put my fingers in this thing? Like, I was Which, horrified. I, You know what? I'm in the space now where I think about, like, my frail body and I'm like, I, holding a grapefruit-sized bowling ball sounds like you said. Like that seems very sensible. It just seems like a sensible, smart way to bowl. It's normal. It's it seems normal and nice, less dangerous. Yes, yeah. it is. It is the it is the relaxing person's bowling. And I I went. I've gone regular bowling many times, or as I I first call it giant bowling. But my friends were like Mallory, uh-huh. you need to stop that because. <laughs> 
New England bowling is weird. This is normal bowling. Giant bowling. But it just seems odd to me. It just seems it seems unsafe. You're swinging this gigantic, heavy object. There's children everywhere. Um, so just weird things like that. New England is definitely like its own sort of like its own country and i've finally yeah. have started to learn the the ways and culture of the rest of the world, rest of the united uh-huh. states <laughs> how does a, a high school and i feel embarrassed asking this because my both my parents were high school teachers that being said i don't know how you lose your accreditation like how bad do you have to be because there's uh, it some was... crappy schools out there god bless them yeah, I, you know, I think part of it was that there were so many. I mean, that was a big shock for me. I mean, there were thousands and thousands of kids in Haverhill High. And when I moved to well, Pentucket, okay. it went from there being too many kids for this one high school for this one town to three towns being put together for one high school. And there were still, I mean, like a less than a thousand kids it was like absolute culture shock for me so i think part of it was just sure. there were so many children they were I, I think the test scores were low i think that was another part of it um i'm not sure really what else was going on there but it was i mean it, it was very normal to me you know i grew up in that school system elementary school sure. middle school so i was like yeah this is a the crappy high school just like the crappy middle school and the crappy elementary schools that i went oh, yeah, to yeah. I, so when we lost our accreditation and my grandfather panicked and uh, wrote to the mayor of those other towns to see if they would let me in uh, oh. to their to their fancy high school. Uh, I didn't really know. I was like, well, the high school is just crappy. It's like it just it just seemed fine to me. But um, yeah. I, yeah. So I went to a fancy rich kids high school. It was not like a private school, but it was definitely a different flavor. Um, than yeah. Haverhill High. And what kind of kid were you when you when you went off to that fancy high school? What were you? Uh, what was your style? What were you? How were you presenting yourself? I guess is my very. I was a uh, weird goth girl. Cursory um, question. Yeah, girl. Same, same as I am now. My I people. never changed. <laughs> Great. Uh, I am was definitely the weird goth kid. I always had really really good grades, uh, but I never played any sports. Uh, I d- very briefly tried to get into the theater kid world because I in this new high school there weren't really any weird kids. They were all had nice families who weren't divorced. You know they had <laughs> they had money. That sounds like back going back in time. Yeah, it was very strange for me. You know, in Haverhill, it was a di- much rougher city. Everyone's parents were divorced. It was all kinds of drugs and weird goth kids all over the place so when i came to pentucket i was like it was like being in um what's that black and white movie pleasantville is that that yeah 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 that's what i that made me think of for sure yes i was like everyone's here is so wholesome and they like their families no one's no one's crying all the time it was very strange so i i was i had a lot of friends in high school but i didn't have a lot of friends in my high school if that makes sense i gotcha yep 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 um, but I was did, definitely yeah. one of the few weird goth kids. Yeah, I mean, I, I certainly had friends, many friends who did not go to my school. So I, there's nothing about that that feels alien to me. But certainly I also had, you know, very good friends inside my high school. And um, that is a that's a hard thing to picture for me is, you know, just feeling like, well, here I am. Here, here. I am. I really thought of it like going to work. Like I was like, okay, Mm -hmm. you know, I was I was very smart. I was really into school. I didn't really do any extracurriculars. Um, Again, I try I tried to dabble with the theater kids because I was like, well, they're probably the weirdest kids here. Maybe I can see how this. It's usually a safe bet. You weren't wrong. (laughs) I wasn't wrong, but I it just wasn't. It didn't really work out for me. I just didn't really 
fit in with those kids um mostly because i don't like theater and i don't like singing and i don't like musicals <laughs> very intimidated and i was that like that might have been a problem not for me um but other than that yeah i just kind of was like every day i went to went to class and thought of it as a job yeah and and did not get paid but got paid in good and grades i got paid in knowledge and th the funniest part about it is i actually dropped out uh senior year so oh uh, wow okay it, it was all uh, kind of, I don't want to say wasted knowledge, but it's a, uh, I have my GED, but I didn't get any, um, I did not uh, get my diploma to, to, as a certificate to see, see all, I dropped out with a 4.0, but I didn't, um, never got that, never got that diploma. What led to that? If you don't uh, my, my my family was not a great family and uh, I really mm -hmm. wanted to kind of get out and I thought all right well senior I'm gonna be 18 soon I I can drop out I'll get my GED and that's what I did and I like moved out got a job like started my little life I ended up going to community college and <laughs> dropping out of there as well um, great but for all the people you know I'm, a, I'm an author and if you are like wow I, I I don't have the education to do the things that I want like hey I am the poster child for kids who kid who dropped out and still did good. So don't worry. Yeah. You were, uh, I know there's a lot of stigma about it, but I'm doing fine. You're doing <laughs> I'm fine. Doing yeah. Great. I mean, I don't, I don't have a, I don't have strong, I mean, I don't have a college degree, so I don't have strong, uh, feelings. See, there about you that. Go. In fact, I, I dropped out of college also with a 4.0. So meh, 3.98. Um, we'll count so it. We'll count I, it. Yeah. So I, I, I can relate to that very much. And, and, and that, that's just all very interesting to me, just in terms of like being a being in a place where you were you were a good student. You, I mean, it sounds like I mean, obviously, if you thought of it as a job, that doesn't necessarily mean that you were enjoying the knowledge. Um, Depends on the class, you know, some of the yeah. so I had some really great teachers. I actually uh, last year I emailed my freshman year English teacher, Mr. Ruland such a great guy shout out to mr r just out of the blue one day i was like why haven't i emailed mr ruland he was he like took me under his wing he was such a great guy and i was like i should tell him that i'm like a best-selling author now like i should probably let him know that and he he's still working there so i looked up my pentucket high school i um who uh i'm very proud of them they changed their mascot from the racist mascot they used to have for, for uh, Massachusetts high school is very impressive. So I was like, no wow, doubt. Pentucket's doing great. So I found his email on the website and I just said, hey, I don't know if you remember me. I was that weird goth kid who wore way too much eyeliner, but you really helped me in English class and now I'm a writer. So thanks. And it was and he did you email back? back. He was so yeah. happy and he was like, hey, you know, it's a really hard time being a teacher right now. Hearing stuff like no this doubt, really yeah. like not just makes my day, yes. but like makes my whole year. Like, thank you so much. So shout out to all the English teachers out there who are like in the trenches, like really making. I mean, yeah. not just English teachers, but math teachers, science teachers, whoever you are making a difference. Um, you really, uh, really can change people's lives. Oh my god, hard agree. My dad was an English teacher. Oh um, hell yeah! And my and I actually my sophomore English teacher who was kind of I don't want to say a mentor, but uh, because they were very very close friends, but he was older than my dad. Um, he just passed away on on last oh, week. I'm sorry. And, oh my god. Um, yeah, and he was a family friend too because my dad had known him for so long. And so I grew up around him and um, he was my sophomore English teacher. And I so I just it's very fresh in my mind because I just wrote this like kind of long card Aww. to his wife 
just you know sort of like about touching base can, and yeah, like can touch your life yeah but for sure and I so I just said yeah I was like you know some of my favorite authors and poets to this day I fell in love with them in sophomore English and it's it has a massive impact on people it really really does and I and I as soon as you said you wanted to write him I was like I know how this goes because my dad <laughs> gets you know contacted by former students too and he it's like I've never it's a perfect example like everyone has a version of this I'm sure and 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 the the dream would be for everyone to feel this way about whatever their chosen vocation is and to even be able to choose a vocation that yeah. you're passionate about is such a luxury but just being a, a public school you know, teacher for my dad, I it I never felt like he thought he was meant for quote unquote more or better or anything like that. His love of teaching and his pride in his students, Aww. like you would have thought he was, you know, the most famous person in the world for like how oh, like smug so he gets. About, like, yeah. I mean, he just loves it. So, yeah, as soon as you said your, you emailed your teacher, I was like, oh, my God, you made his, you probably, you, you, you did make his year. That's the, that's what, I mean, you're not getting paid a lot. So that's where, speaking of getting paid in knowledge, it's like, yeah, he's getting seriously, anyone listening, if, if you ref- look fondly back on a teacher and you're still feeling the effects of, you know, their teaching or just their attention, like, you know, when you're that age, you're so desperate to be. Old, well, most people I feel I was at least yeah. so desperate to be older and to be more mature yeah. and to be you know you want to start being seen as an older person you know this is really the moment where you're not a kid anymore you're that weird yeah. teen like you're that strange animal that is a teenager and any kind of teacher that you know recognizes that treats you re- with respect like that inject that shit into my veins you know that is like yes. that can really help you out and the fact that Mr. Ruland like really recognize the how much I like to write and how much I like to read and really treated me, you know, like an adult, like that made a big difference for me. So folks, you're bored, you're sitting there, you're eating your lunch, look up your school's website and email yes. a teacher that that mattered to you. Like it really, it really, I think it uh, brightens, uh, brightens those teachers days, you know, like a $10,000 a year raise would probably be better and they deserve it. But yeah, you know, this is, do, but maybe we can find a way to do both. Yeah, why not both? <laughs> so what were you, when you were um, feeling that, that passion for writing and, and for reading, did you come into uh, high school with that? Did Mr. Rulin develop something that was already there and what kind of stuff were you really digging into? And I say that as a, kid who was like I would just read anything I could get my hands on so I'm not it's saying you hard have to same. have like a genre that you must you know tout as your favorite but oh I yeah I was I can't remember a time when I wasn't a reader um one of my favorite baby pictures of me is me as a I was I'm probably two years old holding a novel like a thriller like a dad book upside down but holding it Perfect. open and like trying really hard to read it uh yeah. I always was into books always was into and as soon as I was able to into writing I definitely wrote really embarrassing Lord of the Rings fan fiction when I was in middle school you know nice. so Rite so passage in- yeah, so into it. And but uh, Mr. Ruland, who's my freshman year high school teacher, definitely um, saw that and encouraged that, you know, just somebody telling you like when you're a teenager, I mean, 
really when you're any age, but especially when you're a teenager, a compliment like that from somebody that you respect. Mr. Rulin telling me that I had a talent for writing. I mean, it was like injecting me with super soldier serum. You know, you can do anything like it is. It really like lights a fire in you. And that started to give me the confidence of like, oh, like I you know, I can, I can do this. I didn't, again, I did not have a lot of talents. I was not in theater. I, I did not do sports. You know, I, I really didn't have like a thing. And it felt like after that books and, and writing kind of became my thing. Oh, Mr. Rule. I've never, yeah. sometimes on MVP. the podcast I do this thing. <laughs> yeah. Where I, pre- I pretend like I have a special guest and this has been such a passionate conversation about him that I, it's too late for me to do it. But under normal circumstances for you brought Mr. Rulon on here I would have cried they're waiting for me to be like so and we have a surprise for you I would for some die. reason he's here in my home oh my let's God. bring him in I would sob especially since it's been quite a long time I have but I just kind of like his the look of him is still frozen in my brain and I'm it kind of helps yeah. that I still look like a weird goth kid because I'm sure he googled me like it's not like I sent him a photo of what I look like now but I'm sure but also you yeah you set yourself up because you were one of the rare goth kids at the school at yes. least at that time if not I definitely of all stuck time. out so you made yourself yeah you made yourself memorable yes and it again it helps that I still wear all black I I think in high school I had blue black hair and now I have purple hair but you know still wearing a lot of eyeliner you know it's very easy for him to spot it's very fun that we're having this conversation because I for the past like year year and a half I've actually been going through this really interesting sort of transformation where I've been trying to reconnect with the stuff that I liked that when I was that age I think what happened to me I had this interesting arc of like being really into you know like I was a I was huge metalhead in high school nobody else was I loved all that music and when I became a quote adult and I started working in the film industry I like I was like, all right, I got to get rid of all my band shirts. I got to stop listening to this music. I, I remember specifically, I brought, bought like a Navy pant suit when I was 23 because oh. I was like, I am an adult who does the, I work at a production company and yeah. I was trying so hard to, to be in, especially because I, you know, I dropped out of high school. I dropped out of college. I didn't have these like pieces of paper that were these traditional markers of, you know, you've done things, you've transitioned, you're older. So I like felt like such an imposter and I felt like I had to give those markers to myself and I guess that weird navy pantsuit was what's my everybody marker. knows the navy pantsuit is the acknowledged <laughs> diploma of clothing we all know that we all know that it's such a shorthand don't you even sweat it for a second like yes I am a woman now <laughs> yeah I have shoulder yeah. pads I am dealing oh with this God. uncomfortable like those pants that like don't have a button but have I don't even know what that weird clasp is like you know what it is it's like a folded Ew, piece yeah, of metal the little hook and eye it's uh, like a, yeah the oof. little clasp that whoever is invented that a, put them in jail for, oh my god it's such a one-way ticket to like a, a little pooch like yes. I have never had one yes. of those where it didn't sort of like flap open to wear and break eventually. It doesn't matter if they fit you perfectly. <laughs> it looks like your pants are too small for you. You're like, what? Yes. I, I don't. Yes. But I, this is just and, how it fastens. And like, I dealt hey. with it because I was like, this is what a woman does. This is a, <laughs> this is what adults deal with. <laughs> Horrifying. Uh, and then yeah. it took me a, it took me a really long time to get out of that, and uh, it it really didn't take me into. I was like, it was a few years ago. Part of the, I feel like we all did a lot of introspecting during the pandemic, and finally Absolutely. I was like, 
why don't I listen to that music anymore? Like, I still love it. Like, why don't I wear band yeah. shirts anymore? Who cares if I look my like I'm I'm in my 30s now. Like, it hurts when I kneel on the ground. Like, I have, let me <laughs> suck some joy out of this ceaseless march to death. And I really started to reconnect with. I started listening to all these bands again. I was like. I still love all of these. Like I listened to, yeah. I remember the first time I li- had listened to this album that I hadn't listened to in a really long time and I still knew all the words and I was like, why did I deny myself this? And now I've been yeah. for the past like year and a half just rebuying all these band shirts that I used to have, which that's a way to make it you feel old. It's because when you look at band shirts that you used to wear in your high school and like you look at the vintage versions, they're like $200. And I'm like, oh my God, I I am an antique. I am an ancient crone. Oh my God. I so remember my, I mean, I definitely remember adult figures in my life, whether it was my parents or other, that where I would like, you know, because I definitely went through, I mean, I feel like I cycled through a lot of different, like, basically any era of clothing you could buy at a vintage store. <laughs> you were cheap, trying them out. I would do. I mean, I promise you I wore a 50s poodle skirt, <laughs> but also, like, would wear it with combat boots. You know what I mean? Like, yeah, you were testing stuff out. Weird 20s drop-waisted things with, like, you know. That are not flattering to collar. anybody. <laughs> yeah. And, like, like I try, I tried it all. I tried it all. And I definitely remember, you know, like the eye rolling adult statement, like my eyes would roll when people would be like, gee, I wish I'd held on to my bell bottoms when I had them in the 70s. They <laughs> yeah, they look at the price so tag and they're now. like, oh, I would have made so much yeah. money by selling them. And, and it's like, like, yeah, you're right. Ew, you're such a boomer. And now I'm like, now you and I are like, if only I had kept that that Metallica shirt that would have been yes. so sweet right now I could be rich I think about yeah. that all the time I'm like oh my god I bought this shirt at this show literally 20 years ago now it's selling for $350 on Etsy and yep. I like donated it to Goodwill when I was 23 like what a dummy I, I've been there I've been there I've been there we're yeah. just crumbling to dust we're crumbling to dust. Were you in, was it in Brooklyn that you started working for that production company? Is that where the Navy pantsuit was purchased? I got hired. I was living in, um, I was living in Providence, Rhode Island. Oh, my favorite city in the oh, world. Okay. I love it so much. <sighs> God, I like, it's I talk so about Providence, Rhode lovely. Island, like, like people talk about the one that got away. Like, oh, I totally get it. I've only been there once. And I had been, so, I was so excited to go there and it did not disappoint. No. And I was like, oh, city. this is why all my cool friends who went to RISD and Brown are so goddamn cool. Yes, 100%. It's just like the loveliest city. And I was uh, living there and in the in a one bedroom apartment that I paid $500 or a uh, studio oh. apartment I paid $500 for everything included, Beauty. including the internet. Oh, in, yes. in like in that in uh college hill near brown and yeah. RISD. oh my god yep. like, oh, man like anyway being old the, <laughs> the one that got away oh, i get oh, it i should have never moved out of that apartment but i was working at the production company there and then i started dating someone who lived in brooklyn shouldn't have moved there but i did and then um <laughs> and then i yeah that was the last time i lived in new england and i ended up moving to los angeles and i've been um in southern california for eight years now and um but i still miss it all the time and i think that is that's sort of part of what all of this is is that i'm very i get very homesick for for new england and i am trying to reconnect with the girl that i was when i lived there <laughs> sure sure 
I, that makes perfect sense. And there's, by the way, nothing wrong with that. Not that you're saying that there is. But one thing that, I mean, I guess every maybe everyone knows this, but like Providence is just not far from, for example, Boston. It's very, nope. very close to Boston. But how did you end up dating Again, I'm saying this like I've never heard of anyone long distance dating in my life. That's not what I'm saying. But how did you end up dating somebody who lived somewhere else to the point at which you were like, I guess I got to I guess I'm going to move to Brooklyn. Yeah. Met him at a conference. You know, I mean, it's it's sort of like my life like now. Like, once like a writing conference or. Yeah, uh, it was a um, it was like a genre convention. It was a Boston genre convention. Gotcha. We were both speaking there. I think that's what that's what, how. It's funny that 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 it was my first ever conference, and I feel like it was such a even now as a writer, you know, it's such a like events cons are such a big part of both of our lives, you know. Yeah, I mean, me and you, not me and this person that yeah. I dated. Um, but it, it was an interesting start to that, and um, yeah, we started dating, and eventually, uh, you know, he he owned his apartment in Brooklyn. He was much much older than me, and you know, mm-hmm. it's not like he was going to move with me to Providence. But like, I cried when I left Providence. I sure still like that's the goal if i can hey if someone out there wants to buy one million copies of all of my books so i can buy <laughs> yeah own a own this a condo in providence yeah, this somebody, camp, the please. providence campaign started here on the jv club right now please, today someone you got a spare million in your back pocket and you want to buy uh, a lot of books about women's history yeah hit me up um but i i still think about it all the time and i i, I miss that place it's such a because it's train ride to boston train ride to new york like but more peaceful than both yes. of them but also very like cobblestone streets and gas like um gas street lights and it's just mm-hmm. the food is great there it's like a tiny little you can walk everywhere oh god i like yeah. if you look up that on my, my desk i should have like sure. a framed photo of providence rhode island like where some people <laughs> yeah. would have a picture of like their wife it's just like me looking at providence <laughs> i miss it so I much get, i love rhode island i get it so hard and also th- what makes me happy when i hear you talking about it is that that is that is that was my experience of san francisco just having visited there as like a 13 year old and i fell in love with it in the way that you fall in love with a person so Did i you, have you lived there get it i moved there as soon as i could i like dropped out of the college i was going to in arizona where i had a full ride i was like nope can't wait any longer like wow. halfway so through my year and moved to san francisco I did not have a plan at all. I just wanted to be there. So it was like moving there for a relationship, even though the relationship I had, I forced, I mean, I was the one who was like, like that person was graduating and wanted to move to LA and get into the film business. And I was like, like, no, you know where you should move that also has some film in San Francisco. And we moved there and I was like, cool, cool, cool. I have my new boyfriend. It's San Francisco. Um, If you want to go ahead and move to LA, because he was like, what am I doing here? You know, he like got one job. You're not even paying attention anymore. You're like, yeah, sure, whatever. To be honest, it was a little bit like that. And I, I, I still feel terrible about it because I should have just like what should have happened is we should have gone our separate ways and Mm -hmm. it should have and that would have been so lovely and understandable and like fine and instead I sort of you, you know, lured him turned to it Francisco. into like yeah turned it into like let's do this together um That's not my amazing. not my finest hour I was only 20 so don't kill me but not my finest hour listen anything that happens before you are 30 years old you get unless you have committed a war crime you can yeah. <laughs> you're fine <laughs> 
great. I I I always feel that I always hope that the, that people in our lives feel similarly. I certainly feel that way about anyone who wronged me in any kind of uh, emotional way. I'm like, oh please, our brains were still cooking. It's fine. I'm yeah. like, nah. Were you in your twenties? It's fine. You know, back then we didn't know how to dress. We didn't know how to drink. Like drinking yeah. Smirnoff Smirnoff ices. You know, you're. <laughs> wearing navy pantsuits like we don't know our brains weren't but fully i love formed i mean yet. still it's just fine. having that for you kind of knowing what you wanted even on the level of like yeah you wanted you know wanting to get that experience wanting to be taken seriously even though you knew that you had quote unquote chosen you know to do something that didn't give you those pieces of paper um coming from the place that you had that you came from you also mm-hmm. knew that you had very good reason for making those choices and you know we can't we don't choose who we grow up with and who gives birth to us and all that kind of stuff and so um all of that you know being said like to be to still have that kind of drive the drive to get that pantsuit in the first place uh at that age is very impressive oh yeah well the funniest part is i actually tried to i tried to have a normal like i tried to be normal i was like well you know this this was definitely this was pre uh but I was in I was supposed to graduate high school in 2008 and back then you know I was a big horror fan big metalhead and I didn't see I didn't see any women directors I didn't know a lot of female writers at that time so I was like all right well girls sure. don't do this stuff I'm gonna have to find a different type of job and it's very funny for people who know me now but I I wanted to be Steve Irwin that was my goal in life. <laughs> I not so, what I expected you to say. <laughs> yes, I, everyone is very st- shocked. He still that is still the celebrity yeah. death that has hit me the worst. I've never cried over a celebrity dying as much as I did <sighs> Steve. Even when David Bowie passed, it didn't hit me like uh, yeah. Steve Irwin. And all I wanted to do was be a zoologist. So I dropped out of high school, and um, I ended up putting it. For a few years, putting myself through community college, animal science. I worked as a vet tech. I was a wildlife uh, intern at a um, rehabilitation center in Maine, York, Maine. Oh, cool. Um, And I really like... How was that? It was amazing. There's a lot of poop. Yeah. I I mean, it's so funny. It would be a lot of poop. Good point. Imagine me, no, no, no hair dye, khakis, hiking boots every day. Like, it was... I would just lived such a different life. And um, yeah. I ended up, it's a very long and weird story, but I also, because I still loved horror so much, I did a lot of it on the side. Like I volunteered for a lot of cons. I ran a horror book club and I ended up uh, working at a, um, a horror con in Providence, Rhode Island. Shout out to Necronomicon. And I was running the volunteer program there and I ran into the person who would eventually become my boss for a decade. He was one of the sponsors and he had started a production company and we got along really well. He's like, hey, you want to? come work for me be, do the social media for this company and um oh i also i just want to apologize my cat does this thing where when she's really happy with me she hunts her favorite mouse and brings it to me and okay. that's what's about to happen yeah. uh-oh well that's good that means you're in good standing <laughs> thanks lula hello <laughs> that's oh, my, lula. My, my soulmate um but so he i hope i get a closer look at lula oh, because lula were from the top of the ears and head, she's she does look like creature. I my cat my the last cat that I ever 
had, which now she's, I've not had her for like 10 years. She died <sighs> 10 years ago, was Luca. And she looks very similar. Oh, so yeah. a little Lula Luca orange, love is not going to hurt anybody. Coppery brown tabby. Mm-hmm. Trash cat. Um, but so I, this, uh, I ended up getting this job offer from this producer guy that I had just met. And um, I decided to take a leap and I dropped out of college and I quit my job at the veterinary center and I stopped my internship and I started working in the film industry with no um no training no anything and it it made me feel a lot better because I feel like the industry that we work in is actually pretty good for people who have no formal anything because absolutely everything one everything changes so fast so even if you went to film school even if you went to school for stuff things change so quickly that things that you learned are a lot of them are completely obsolete within a few years so um yeah I was kind of learning as I go, as I went, and I realized, oh, everybody is doing this. Everybody is figuring Mm -hmm. it out as they go. I feel like an imposter, but then everyone is. So that's what's kind of great about L.A. is that everyone's just kind of like figuring stuff out. So um, I did love it. I I fell in love with Los Los Angeles, not as much as I did uh, Providence. But when I came here, I was like, oh, everyone's fucking weird here and nobody cares. That's the thing is in New York, people care. Yes. They're like, oh, look, this weirdo. But in L.A., they're like, everyone's so self-centered that they don't care about you, (laughs) which is honestly great. (laughs) I love it. Yeah. You know, it's it's wonderful. So kind of a weird life path. But um, honestly, looking back, I'm quite content with me dropping out of high school. It would have been a... Not a wasted year, but, you know, I don't think I would have gotten much out of staying. Um, yeah. Even though, man, that 4.0 <sighs> could have graduated. That shiny 4.0 <laughs> staring you in the face. It does feel good, though. Like, do you tell people that you're like, yeah, I dropped out with a 4.0? Like, you're like, yeah, I was fucking great. <laughs> I mean, there is, you know what? It's almost dangerous because I feel like, and then I want to get into this MASH game with you, and I don't know if I've ever been more excited to get into MASH because I feel like we have so many different uh, categories to cover just based on this conversation. But there's something that strikes me when you say that is that, like, that's almost the dangerous um, motto, in a sense, of, like, so many choices that I did make as a younger person, which was, like, I would rather quit on my own terms yes. looking good than risk yes. being bad at something. You know what yes. I mean? Like it's definitely the that's a that's a, and I think a lot of people can relate to that. This is the stuff I'm good at and it's a hard like I have a hard time with things that I have to try at. So I'm just going to um uh rest on my laurels here and quit while I'm <laughs> Yeah. I totally I, get that. I just I decided not to do that thing mm-hmm. that yes terrified me, but I'm cool because Oh yeah. Look. I was okay at it, yet I decided not to get better. Thank you. Oh yeah. It's definitely uh that's another like weird thing that happens in your 20s you know you're just like is having to get over that mindset of like no it's actually pretty cool to try at things even if you're not good at them yeah it's actually great to fail at things Uh, and that's um yes i one of the things that was really important in my life is trying to come up with hobbies and things that i can do that are completely outside of my job that i like i am purely a fan of pure like can fail at you know are not reflected in my professional life in any way shape or form and it's like all right i have this little arena where i can fucking suck at stuff and try and just like i am not 
because you know when you work in the entertainment industry you know you always know people like you feel kind of like close to it and I'm an author my favorite thing to do is reading so and I have a reading podcast so the number one thing that I had for so long you know my number one hobby is reading but it's also my job now so it was really important for me to yep. like all right well how, what like what hobby can I cultivate that I can be bad at sometimes and just not and I literally have to tr like really try at these things and I think uh that yeah. little bit of humility is is something that's good for all of us absolutely well, give me is there what is something like that and then we'll use that to springboard into our mash game what is what is a hobby that you that has like zero stakes for you at this point um that you've been enjoying tinkering with powerlifting it is really wonderful Amazing. for me. It's not connected to film. It is not connected to books. It is not connected to podcasting. Yeah. In fact, my my gym in my garage is so far away from the house that the Wi-Fi doesn't get there. So I can't even like look at my phone out there. There it is. And it is like such yes. a separate thing. And like, you know, it makes you very humble because it's like, I can't so much of like so much of the entertainment industry is also like luck and the people that you know. And like, yeah, we all work really hard and like... So, talent is such a weird thing so it's some of it is cultivated some of it is like isn't you know it's it's, yes. it's not it's it's like not something that you can count on but this is like nope you just have to like with a with a writing deadline i can if I want, if I want to be a big piece of shit, like I cannot work on it for a month and then like do all the work the night before while crying, like right. many of us did homework. Right. But yes. you can't do that yes. with powerlifting. Like you have to show up four to five times yeah. a week and put in that work if you want to lift all that weight. Like I, it forces yeah. you to be consistent, to be humble. I, I have a book I have to read for my show. I can stay up the night before and like read uh, read it until four a.m. and then I'll still be ready to go. But I can't power yeah. lift once a month and be good at it. So it, um, yeah. it's been really, really good for me. And again, like I'm, I'm just purely a fan of it. I am not connected to it professionally. Like nobody gives a shit who I am. Like I don't compete, which is another thing. Like I don't, I'm, I'm, I have to do events so much for my job that I was like, no, I just want to like do this thing. I don't want to be, I don't want, I can't. Yep. So many of us are like, oh, I, I have this new hobby. Time to monetize it. Time to make it into a thing. Like, nope, I just want to have this thing that is, keeps me humble, keeps me separate, like lets me disconnect from things. I think it's been really, really great for me and been really important. I cannot tell you how much I love every word that just came out of your mouth. It's not, especially because Joko Cruz just recently posted my interview about like what I loved about Joko Cruz and I Aww. have no memory of doing it from last year <laughs> and apparently when they said what's like the most amazing thing that you've experienced on this year's cruise what I said was watching Iffy like bench press humans <laughs> on stage. It's funny because that's how Iffy and I met. We met last year on Joko that's Cruise so and I literally went up to him and I said are you the other beefcake? And we became instant friends. And now his girlfriend, <laughs> yes. Emily, is my best friend. And we all, we I just, we all lifted it. weights together yesterday. Oh, that makes me so happy. It is. That makes me so happy. Wait, so do you, um, before we get into this, is... I have to know, do you have a thing? What is your thing that is not connected to your job? Are you a gardener? Are you a knitter? Are you, are you training dogs to leap through hoops? Like, all of those things sound great. I mean, I am very inconsistent about, like, just having a thing um but so i i mean i'm definitely like 
I guess I'm a crafter, but that makes it sound like I, you know, comb TikTok for ideas or that I have like this thing I'm known for doing. It is definitely not that. It is like you just like doing it. I guess I'll, I guess I'll, I guess I'll wallpaper now or like, I guess I'll make pillows now because I felt like I had an old shirt that I didn't know what to do with the fabric. So it's much more, and it's, and it's very like, um, you know, I like, there's just not a lot of, it's still very child me in the sense that there are only a few things that I'm like, I really want to buckle down and get good at this. Like you with, with, uh, with, with lifting and stuff. Um, otherwise I will be like, what is the most like I just did this in an afternoon. Don't hate me if it's terrible. But isn't it cool that I still just did this on my own with zero instruction? Like there's definitely that That's, thing. That, that is kind of awesome. But it's though. like it, childlike. Yeah. It's fun to be like, I don't know. I dug this hole. I didn't really have a plan. <laughs> but then it turned into a gnome village. I don't know. You know what I mean? That's fucking so, sick, though. Like and also just like being fun. able it's to fun. connect with that feeling of like just doing something for the pure pleasure of doing something like my therapist yeah. once like absolutely absolutely annihilated me because he told me he's like Mallory even with your hobbies you were addicted to doing things that you can make progress in that feel productive and I was like cool I'm gonna crawl into a hole and die now but he was right (laughs) and it feels really like it's very I feel like it's very rare for any of us to have something that we do just because we like to do it just digging a hole you know no tinkering doodling yeah yeah, exactly that's a that's a beautiful thing and I wish more people would would do it. it it's very meditative. It's very meditative if you're a busy body, uh, high energy person. It's it's it can be to me uh, almost as meditative as like just sitting and meditating, mm-hmm. which I'm bad at. So hard same. It's like too many thoughts. The flow. What do you, how do you find the flow? You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Oh oh, it's time for a quick break. I will be back after a word from our friends at Maximum Fun. Have you ever wanted to know the sad lore behind Chuck E. Cheese's love of birthday parties? Or, my Saturday mornings are reserved for cartoons? Or, have you wanted to know how beloved virtual pet site Neopets fell into the hands of Scientologists? Or, how a former Mattel employee managed to grow Sega into a video game powerhouse? Join us, hosts Austin and Brenda, and learn all of these things and more at Secret Histories of Nerd Mysteries, now on Maximum Fun. The following are real reenactments of pretend emergency calls. 911. My husband! It's my husband! Calm down, please. What about your husband? He, he loads the dishwasher wrong. Please help. Please help me. Where are you now, ma'am? At the kitchen table. I was with my dad. He mispronounces words intentionally. There are plenty of podcasts on the hunt for justice, but only one podcast has the courage to take on the silly crimes. Judge John Hodgman, the only true crime podcast that won't leave you feeling sad and bad and scared for once. Only on MaximumFun.org. All right, let's get into this mash game. I definitely want to start with three hobbies that um, I'm presenting to you that you get to do the same thing with. You get to you get to have fun with zero stakes, and they can be something that you could pick up tomorrow if you wanted to or it could be something that's like you know i probably won't learn the harp because i'd have to have access to a harp <laughs> so this is my opportunity to you know aim weird in that way too hell yeah three hobbies three hobbies um so wait besides powerlifting, um and this is like you're all we're creating this alternate universe in this okay. match world so alternate this is universe like, you know me so uh besides powerlifting, it would be gardening 
because right? I um I I have so much garden envy, but I have a black thumb of death and I kill everything. Um knitting because I really respect right? knitters and you can listen to audiobooks while you knit. Um and perf- creating perfume. Perfume. Ooh. I'm a big perfume fiend and being a, like I, I know people who like make their own scents and stuff and I'm like oh that's fucking cool but yeah. I will never do it very cool well you might in this alternate universe oh, so pumped. you might you might in the mash verse okay next one let's do three horror movies that look I, I'm not ripping away anyone's cr- I mean I fully am but uh, and this is an alternate universe so things couldn't map out the way they've mapped out in ours so you are responsible for three horror movies that already exist but it's like oh you did oh I actually I actually made that in its perfection that it is oh wow okay um when animals dream great um oh I'm trying to remember I think it's My Animal. It's another, uh, another. There be they're all werewolf movies because I'm weird. Yeah, uh, they're all they're all going to be female werewolf movies. So when animals dream, I love it. My Animal and Ginger Snaps. Great, great, great. I haven't seen When Animals Dream. I've uh, My Animal. I'm pretty positive I've seen, and Ginger Snaps. I've definitely seen. Um, all love, also love, love. all okay. great high school movies. Ugh. I mean, the metaphor of werewolf for puberty is so perfect. Chef's kiss. Chef's kiss. Chef's kiss. Chef's freaking kiss. Um, okay, next category, three places in the world that we are going to give you another home. I'm going to go ahead and put Providence yep. right at the top. Yep, smart. Give me two other places that uh, you may or may not end up with another home in this alternate universe. Dublin. Great. And... Portland, Maine. Great. Great. Okay. Next one. Three foods that in this reality you just, you can't have in perpetuity without like making yourself sick or you have allergies or maybe you feel it's ecologically irresponsible. In this alternate universe, we've somehow engineered everything so that no one's being harmed, including you. And you can have these three things. Not the only things you're eating, mind you. But whenever you want these three things, you can conjure them. Snap with your fingers and have as much as you want with zero ramifications. Three. I have extremely weird allergies, so I am going to pick all the things that I can't eat. Uh, Flaming Hot Cheetos. Oh, yeah. Raw apples. Great. And raw cherries. Oh, how I miss raw apples. <laughs> Do you... Uh, take part in cooked apples yes or I are can. you like i can't have the version okay got it but i have something got called it, it, oral it. allergy syndrome which is such a dorky problem um but it means that um uh, it's like a correlation to like seasonal allergies you have like if you are allergic to trees tree things tree yeah pollen, like i am yeah uh like a lot of raw fruit stone fruit uh sure you can't have so i have not had a raw apple since 2016 and um uh, so i look very fondly but back very fondly on the beginning of 2016 as like pre-election i was eating apples you know (laughs) life was so good and uh yeah i'm still oh that was my favorite writing snack was like a raw apple and some peanut butter Oh, God, yeah, absolutely. Well, I'm going to try to get that back for you in this yeah. match. Oh, I can't. So I'm excited. Don't you worry. 
Great. Uh, next category, let's do romance. Three people. They can be characters, animated characters, animals, don't care, romantic partner. I'm not uh, any age, any era, a person who played a character, a historical figure. The sky's the limit. And I'm not like making you, you know, life partners. This can be someone that you have a fling with. Or oh, I'm so you, ready. You know, you're with forever. Uh, CT from The Challenge, who is my husband. Great. Agent Cooper from Twin Peaks. Oh, Coop. Mm-hmm. Imagine opening your door to seeing Coop standing there with a bouquet of flowers. Oh, beautiful. You are, if, if you, you are, excuse me, a damn fine person. <laughs> I would expire on the spot. Um, yeah. And Same. then, ooh. You know, I, I'm, I think I'm going to go old school and pick my first ever, like, total crush uh george uh brendan frazier and george of the jungle oh my that God, was my amazing. definitely my sexual awakening as a child and I, so i'm gonna throw it back amazing. i'm going to be caught in a tree in the jungle somewhere being res <laughs> rescued by brendan frazier with extremely what long hair what a fascinating career brendan has had you it's, know it's been really fun and interesting to watch he's gone from like my sexual awakening child crush to like someone that I kind of wish was my dad like I just want Brendan Fraser mm -hmm. to like pick me up and carry me somewhere and tell me that I'm doing a good job not in a sexy way just like yeah you know maybe slip me 20 bucks um and sure. uh <laughs> yell at my boyfriend or something like that's I really want yeah. Brendan Fraser to be my dad fully get it fully get it um so next uh category three books that you can jump into. You're not reliving the plot of the book unless you want to, but it's really just getting into that world and being in it and just loving on it whenever you want. Oh, yeah. I'm going to pick my formative formative fantasy stuff. It's got to be Stardust by Neil Gaiman. Great. Uh, the His Dark Materials trilogy by Philip yes. Pullman. And... Yeah, I gotta, I gotta have to, I have to go back to my like my my middle school stuff, and I would do anything to live in Middle Earth, like Lord of the Rings, for yeah. sure. Oh, how I wanted to be a willowy elf when I was eleven years old! Yeah. I would have sold my family's souls to live in Rivendell. <laughs> <laughs> okay, this is actually great because this takes me to my next piece. Um, because I would love to hear you, we, you, whenever you want, you can transform into a mystical creature, uh, of some kind, uh, whether that means for you that you're sort of turning into just, you know, an, uh, an X-Men mutant or an elf or a full on, you know, luck dragon or whatever, Ooh. three creatures you can turn yourself into at will. I would say, you know, I, I would have had a very different answer when I was 11 because I wanted to be big, tall and willowy. And I realized that I will never be that. I am very small and jacked. So um, I would probably make a lateral move into being like like a dwarf. Like, because I'm, I'm already right. pretty close. I just need the beard and the, the mountain home. So I would pick a dwarf <laughs> or a hot lady orc or... Right. Um, Maybe a. I'm trying to think of all the World of Warcraft characters that I play. Um, I would also be a hobbit. I think that's what that's what happens is when you're a kid, you want to be an elf, and then you grow up and you see the hobbits, and they're like, oh, they just smoke weed and eat bread all day and live in a in garden. 
<laughs> yeah, like that's that's the life. So the elves are always dealing with like existential oh. dilemmas and like, come on, no, give me Hobbit's life any day of the week. Oh man, lovely. Uh, I, agree. <sighs> I agree. That's the that's the it. life. Okay, that's the life. All right, and then final one. Let's do. Ooh, maybe like a genre book three genre books that we that you, that you are going to write in this alternate universe you'll get one obviously it's mash but um that you would like to sort of try your hand at that Ooh. you know you sort of have we give you like unlimited time and money it's just you being able to sink yourself into a certain type of of fiction book oh i'm ready um three uh one definitely a horror book and uh, it's not out of the, not 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 out of the cards. Um, so a horror book, uh, a romanticy, which is a romance fantasy book, like high fantasy, but with boning. That's that that I would hundred percent be writing that. Um, Love it. And then a, a horror romance, like some sort of. I've always wanted to write like a like an Adams Family esque romance novel. Yes. Yeah. Like, don't we want to? Oh re- my god! Talk about. <sighs> Imagine reading the prequel of like how Gomez and Morticia met. Seriously, I was going to say, like, for me, that was also a very important kind of like sexual awakening, sort of like their their relationship in the movies and stuff. Like, for me, it was definitely like that's how a man that's how you you know how a man's supposed to treat you. This is horny true love. You know what I mean? Like the devotion, the obsession, but it's somehow still super healthy. And like, yeah everybody's treating each other as equal i mean i don't know it's just like a very special it was very very special creation it was very important in the 90s because you didn't have a lot that was the era of like telling women putting women down constantly so you had one shining beacon of a healthy relationship and it was gomez and morticia and gomez was just out there to tell you that he's gonna make you breakfast and kiss your hand and tie you to a rack and 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 you just and not only is he going to do that you deserve it you deserve being because tied to a rack and tortured and that's what you want what a joy yes what a dream what a joy could not agree more i'm so ready for this horror romance novel but we'll find out which one you get because you will get one of each category in this mash game please give me a number between one and nine. Five. great okay i'm gonna go through here we are going to uh see what we see um this is a great opportunity for you to tell people what they should listen to read point in any direction you would like for uh, supporting you and your work uh and any anything else that you feel like you want to turn people onto it's a it's a i want i don't want to say vamping moment but um i'm ready also if you run out of things to say we can fully pause i do a lot of stuff so i'm ready time is fast so (laughs) great a lot of stuff hit me hit me Uh, hit us all so i every week uh also on maximum fun i do a show with my friend bria grant called reading glasses which is not a show about books but it's a show about reading so it doesn't matter what you read what genre you read how you read it we're more about like well how do you get a book back from someone who borrowed it without being rude and or murdering them how do you uh read in bed with a light at night without waking up your spouse uh what's the best snack to read you know or just to read with without getting stuff on your pages so we've been doing that for this is our seventh year so we're really excited but that's every thursday on maximum fun just look up reading glasses and whatever podcast listening app you have um also if you are interested in women's history at all you can check out my books uh i have two adult books and one middle grade book uh that came out last year um so if you are again you like 
feminism. You like laughing. You like weird footnotes with dick jokes in them. That's that's definitely my um, my my oeuvre, <laughs> my weird little niche <laughs> of writing. Um, and if you have a kid who a uh, daughter in your life who likes movies and likes making things, likes making videos, likes TikTok, get uh, Girls Make Movies, a book that I made with my friend Jen Vaughn came out last year. And it's the first ever nonfiction, choose your own adventure style book um, about teaching young girls how to how to make movies and a bunch of really cool women's God, history cool. in there. It's really fun. I got to get that book. I don't know. What am I waiting for? What am I, what am I waiting for? I'm going to get that. Um, but I got, first I got to tell you what happened. Oh, I'm so ready for my new life. <sighs> okay. Here's the thing. First of all, there's one thing that happened that I personally don't feel great about. These are all your choices. So I'm sure you're going to be happy. I'm not going to, yeah, I'm not going to kick any of these out of bed. I'm ready. It's just the conversation about the apples was very moving to me. So the fact that you did not get the apples That's, is I, I've a little been bit upsetting without However, them for years. It's okay. And here's what I'm going to say is that what I now realize comes along with this thing that you've gotten based on something you just said moments ago about what not to get on the pages of your book is your ability to have flaming Hot Cheetos whenever you want <sighs> oh. comes with some kind of magical power uh, where you're not getting force that field dust for your anywhere. fingers. <sighs> yes. That's the future and we your want. Surroundings. I don't want a f- The I, dust goes where it belongs, uh, right in your mouth. Listen, like I don't yeah. we I don't need a self-driving car. I don't need a chip in my brain that connects me to the internet. I need to eat hot Cheetos. I mean, regardless, but I need to eat them without any <sighs> finger dust. Like that is the technology yes. that the people are crying out for. Agree. And it's happening. It's happening right here in the Smash world. So Beautiful. I'm glad you took that as, as well as I hope that you would. I'm very excited. Uh, I also want to congratulate you on your ability to jump into uh, His Dark Materials, oh, the whole trilogy, yeah. whenever you want to. I'm ready. That's I'm ready to meet one. my bear dad. Uh, it's going to be fantastic. It's going to be fantastic. Speaking of uh, bear dads, not this is not the same, but um, the fact that you are uh, responsible for my animal. Um, oh, hell yeah. Great. Not a bear, but great, great teen um, werewolf, uh, female werewolf adventure. Love it. Oh, I'm it's very so, excited. My, this is the best. I, I also like to imagine that just because you're wolfing out doesn't necessarily mean you're not going to sit down and do some knitting. So the idea <laughs> yes. of you... Well, I gotta. I mean, when I don't have you, werewolf fur you, on, I have to yeah. keep warm somehow. So knitting myself exactly. a sweater. Which, by the way, that just I, all I said. I guess all I gave you was that you made the movie, my animal, and suddenly now I've turned you into a knitting werewolf. So uh, I mean, I'm, I'm not, not sure how that happened, I'm not turning that down. <laughs> yeah, good job, good job. Also, uh, can turn yourself into a dwarf whenever you want. So oh. there's a lot of shape shifting going on that I'm feeling really good about here. I'm feeling great. Uh, you have. In the MASH mansion apartment, shack house department, you did end up with a shack. I feel like, by the way, a dwarf would be fine with that. I was going to say, I'll be fine. And the shack's in Providence. Oh. You know what I mean? Listen, I will take a shack in Providence. I will will take a shack in Providence over a fancy house almost anywhere else. You're totally fine. You can do all of the things in that shack. It's 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 going to be great. You also um including uh, working on your horror novel, which is happening, nice. which may cross over from one verse into the into this one if that if that can happen. Um and you're doing all of this with your fabulous partner 
Brendan Fraser, George of the Jungle. Oh, you know, I always knew we were meant together, meant to be together. When I was a child watching him in George of the Jungle, and my I felt the first stirrings of what is this feeling? Yeah. Oh, I always knew it. I always knew we were meant to be. You can check back in with that uh, for as little or as long as you want. Brendan Fraser, you can still call me. This is your MASH universe. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. (laughs) Um, Mallory, thank you so much for doing the podcast. Thank you so much for having me on. This This was a blast. a pleasure and a joy. Um, uh, so excited to be uh, with a fellow Max Funner. Um, so lovely to be a part of this community. And um, everybody, thank you so much for supporting the network. Thank you so much for supporting the JV Club. Support Reading Glasses. Uh, Max Fun Drive is so around the corner. It really and, is. Uh, we have lots of lot of stuff in store for you coming at you from all the different places in the Max Funverse. So everybody, thank you so much. Love it. And then we'll talk to you next week on the podcast. The show is recorded by me and edited by Julian Burrell. And as always, the JV Club theme song is Back Before We Were Brittle by the amazing Say Hi. Maximum Fun, a worker-owned network of artist-owned shows, supported directly by you.